Brad and Glenda Pius. Thank you so much for sewing into Morning Drive Bible. Without your commitment and support, this initiative couldn't come to fruition. Good morning from Jerusalem. My name is David Nekrutman. My name is Scott Kahn. And welcome to Morning Drive Bible. So we've been looking at the first verses of Genesis, the beginning of the beginning of the beginning, and dealing with the grammatical ambiguities, which we said last time are there to teach us how to go deeper into the text, an invitation to look at it on an even deeper level than I otherwise would. Scott is about to introduce a heresy, ladies and gentlemen. I have a feeling he's going to give the audience an alternative translation of the first verse in the Bible. This is an almost radical translation of the first three words, not even the first verse, the first three words of the Bible. Bereshit bara Elohim. We translated these last time broadly. You can listen to our previous podcast to understand what that means. In the beginning of God's creation or in the beginning God created, whatever it exactly means. However, I want to offer an ancient Jewish interpretation, which at first glance, indeed, David, does sound heretical, but I'll explain what it means. So please don't turn it off after I translate it this way, because that would be heresy. Only when I explain what it means can you turn it off and then decide if you like what I say. Here goes. The syntax in Hebrew is, in the beginning, created God. Now, certainly the simple understanding of this verse is that Hebrew syntax is very different from English syntax. Syntax meaning the order of the words. What in Hebrew would be written literally as, in the beginning, created God, means God created in the beginning. That's fine. However, this alternate interpretation, an ancient Jewish interpretation, takes the syntax at its word literally and says, in the beginning, created, or he created, God. Heretical, terrible. He, he created God. David, Who get up off the floor. God? David fainted. He, uh, someone I, give this guy some please water. Please bring in the paramedics. Please bring in the paramedics. So let me explain what it means. Here we get into almost postmodern ways of looking at things, if you want to go that far. When even we say the word God, we don't mean the absolute. We mean our construct of how we understand the way God is presented to us. When I say the word God in any language, I am giving a name to something which is inherently innominate, unnameable. I am describing the indescribable. When I call God anything, use any description of him, I am by definition doing a theological monstrosity. God cannot be described or named. However, on the other hand... He's a name above all names. That's what you're saying. I'm saying he's even beyond that because he's, he's, he's not even a name beyond all names. There can't be a name. He's innominate. He's not nameable. If he were nameable, he wouldn't be God. That's what the absolute means. Even saying the absolute with a capital A is inherently inappropriate. Absolutely inappropriate. Absolutely inappropriate. However, however, God in his great kindness wants us to have a relationship and wants us to know him to the degree it's possible. And therefore, God created a way of interacting with him. God created a name. God created a description through which he acts. And we can relate to him by looking at him through that description that he has chosen. In other words, it's almost like putting on clothes. You're presenting yourself in a certain way. So in the beginning, the absolute, the unnameable, created this concept called God, in other words, a way of relating to him, a way of our seeing him so that instead of his being the absolute, unnameable, unknowable essence, he's actually God. 
a being, so to speak, with whom we can have a relationship. So that's the radical, and I believe non-heretical, reading according to this ancient Jewish tradition. In the beginning, he, or whatever, created a way of our relating to him, and we call that way of relating to him God. So help me understand, with this radical interpretation of the first verse in the book of Genesis, how it relates to the end of that verse. Because this is radical stuff. You're telling me that God is creating a way for me to have a relationship through this name of Elohim. Right. Through this name and through this concept, through this, this idea. Concept. Yes. So what does the heavens and the earth have to do with this radical interpretation? David, you're asking me to explain a very big concept in the one minute we have left before the end of the podcast. I can't do that. But can you give me something, Scott? Something. Because right now, I'm having cardiac arrest on the floor for this radical interpretation that our listeners are right now at their emails. I assume we're going to get a whole bunch of emails right now. Cancellations of subscriptions. No, no, not cancellations. What are you talking about? Where did you get this from? Let me give you a hint to one of the ideas. The word in Hebrew that follows the word God, in the beginning created God, is not heavens or earth, but et. Aleph, taf. In the beginning, created God, Aleph, taf. Let's move on next time and take a look at what that word might mean. That signifies a direct object. However, if we want to look at it on a deeper level, there may be more than meets the eye. So a word in the Hebrew called et has significance in this radical interpretation of the first verse of Genesis. Well, if we're going to read the Bible properly, which means giving meaning and importance to every single word, how could we not read it like that, David? My name is David Nekron. My name is Scott Kahn. And blessings from Jerusalem.